Welcome to another episode of Talking Wit, Kevin and Son, W-I-T, Wit, Kevin and Son. Um, we have uh, take two on candidate Sid McNary. I hopefully I got that right today. Yes, I'm sir. a Mac. We spell it our first two letters with an M. I pronounce it Mac. He pronounced it Mick. Um, I just want to put out a disclaimer um, in doing this interview. Um, Sid is a personal friend of mine. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be light on him with this conversation. It means that I'm going to be honest because my understanding of what uh, a friend is and what friendship is, what what a friend basically does protects your feelings. What a friendship does, those people protect your character. And that's the reason why we have Sid McNary on today uh, running for the president of the United States. So candidate Sid McNary, welcome to the second episode of Talking With Kevin and Son. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come on your platform like this. And, and yes, friends, for me, friendship means iron sharpens iron. You wouldn't be my friend if we weren't able to, to sit and talk and get into it and prep each other in any way possible for all things to come. So. Just thank you for that, for sure. Well, and you're you're welcome. And the reason why we're coming back for round two, um, we had a lot of new people that hadn't watched um, any of my episodes of uh, Talking With Kevin and Son um, join in. Over 100 some odd people uh, viewed your um, interview. Um, there are so many, so many topics when it comes to political issues and things that we need to address. And our country is so backwards. Um, you know, I listed them before, anti-corruption, gun control. We talk about climate and our environment, uh, combating um, drugs and violence in the street, counter-terrorism. Uh, I want to simplify um, today's show and just basically bring it down to three or four points so we can actually talk to them in depth. And I'm going to ask you about, you know, some current issues and so forth. The other thing that um, I want to say to my listeners I'd always said I'd never get involved with a conversation based on religion or politics. And uh, and the reason for being is because based on perception and interpretation that neither conversation, most people don't know what the hell they're talking about, including myself. And that's because we react emotionally to eat both of those conversations. I personally say that, you know, if you want to know the truth about a um, person's political uh, position, I think we should do what NASCAR does. Put all of our affiliations and everything on a jacket and wear it in public. So if you're a member of a group that is against women, your jacket should uh, have a badge on that. You know, there's a comedian says, you know, here's your sign. And I think we should know that coming out of the blocks. So that way, when we know um, who we're voting for, it's full transparency. Because if you really feel a certain way about something, you know, I say this about people that are successful in um, business. Everyone that's successful in business doesn't talk, doesn't worry about talking about how much money they make or how they fail. That's why they write books. But everyone in politics, you know, sometimes you have to question the conversation you're having versus the conversation they show up. I've been taught by some of the best that are in the political arena when they show up on shows like this is that they stick to their agenda. That's the reason why most of us are frustrated when a media person asks a question that they never seem to answer it. But my guest, Sid McNary, is not afraid to have a conversation about the truth. So, Sid, we're we're going to wake up with, with, with an issue that's current 
Um, Hold on, let me uh, just, um, as you put that out, I want to say that people have come to me and said, you got to do this, you got to do that in order to, to get there. Um, and no, that's not me. I've, I've never been that person. I've never been that person to do things just because somebody told me to. Actually, I am the opposite. My father once said to me, hey, you shouldn't be selling everything and hitting the road. Who goes and, you know, in 2019, Liz and I sold everything in our house and hit the road, and worked with people and helped people around the country and flew to other countries and all those things. And he said, nobody chooses to be homeless. And I looked at him and I said, man, and I said with the biggest smile, he said, what are you smiling about? I mean, he was upset. Now I'm 50 something years old hitting the road because that's what I want to do. And he was just, that wasn't how my father saw it. You know, to him, it was like I was turning back and going back to the projects. I was becoming poor again. And all the things that he moved us through as a family. And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, man, it's time for us to go out to dinner. He said, what are you talking about? I said, because all my life, you told me what I shouldn't do. You told me I should take a Secret Service job as opposed to becoming a football coach. Then when I did that well, he said, man, I see exactly why you're coaching. I said, hey, I'm resigning tomorrow. He said, what, what's wrong with you? And, I, and he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going into yoga. And then he said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. Then my dad started selling my yoga DVDs all over the government. Like, this is my son. This is what he's doing. You all need this. And then when I said I'm leaving again after owning yoga studios for 14 years, he said, this is the dumbest thing I've heard of. And I said, because you believe that, that's exactly why I should do it. Because if you had said to me, I should do it this way, then I probably better think twice about it. Because every time someone has told me that, I've gone and answered it anyway. I've gotten it done. So I'm going to get this one done. There's a lot of people that say, you shouldn't do it. And when I was meeting, because I served on a board of 584 tribes, and I was meeting with one of the elders, and he said, you know what? This should be your campaign slogan. Just tell me I can't. Just tell me I can't. Because that's when you fire me up and I'm going to come forward. That, that's the athlete in me. That's the, that's the football coach. That's the winner. It's time we need that back in America. We need that in the United States of America. Somebody saying, it's time for us to come together. It's time for us to get motivated. It's time for us to go and we win together, united. But yet, everybody wants to show you what you shouldn't do. And I'm here to tell you that's just going to fire me up. Well, believe it or not, um, Sid, every single person that I know that has reached a certain level of success, either it be in business, their personal life, or what or athletic life, whatever, someone has told them what they couldn't do. You know, it's the same way with, you know, when I brought up the fact that I had someone that had no political uh, experience, you know, they said, well, how is it he's going to get elected um, of without having any political experience. And I'm saying the same way the other guy did. Uh, someone believed in him, you know? You you, you turn around and realize that our constitution basically says, you know, what politics is, is for the people. And it says everyone has the right in order to serve a public office. No one ever says that you had to have a resume that said you had to um, be a, a lifelong politician uh, in order to serve. They said everyone has the right to serve a public office. And the fact that, you know, you skipped a couple of positions and went right to the top says a lot about the character of the man you are, because you want to be in a position. 
um, to make something happen. And so I commend you on that. But going back, I'm looking at November 8th, 2022. And a lot of people don't know this because um, people don't read, including many of our politicians. And a lot of times we get laws and bills passed that are um, slid in amongst other documents that they have agreed, agreed on because most politicians spend um, – 100% of their time trying to get elected to an office. And once they get in office, they spend 50% of their time debating to, to hold their position and negotiating what they got elected for. And they never actually do anything that, that they said that they were going to do once they got in office. But we keep reelecting these people because our affiliations with one party versus the other. The one thing about an independent party and the reason why we're having this conversation is sometimes conversations that need to be had or issues that need to be uh, elaborated on, we talk about that because we do not have an affiliation with one party, but we have an affiliation with the United States of America and the people that serve the United States of America. So in 2008, as two, no, let me back up. November 8, 2022, there was a bill in five states, I think it was six states, that slavery was still on the books. Are you familiar with that? Somewhat. Can you bring me a little further into I, I, I will bring I will bring up the uh, uh, um, the the players the starting lineup um, the state of Alabama, the state of Louisiana, Oregon, Tennessee, and Vermont. Out of those five states, they took off their state constitution slavery was banned with the exception of one. And this may come as a shock to those of you that live in Louisiana that is still legal on your state's constitution of slavery. And the reason why, I, I know, and the reason why it, it, it passed is because no one read what the issues were. The candidates talked about certain issues and that's what people voted on and they slid that one on there. Eight people voted, six voted in favor in order to keep slavery on the books. So, so those of us that look like us, including you, candidate to be, you could be incarcerated at a much faster rate in Louisiana because slavery is still in the books. And we know the penal system was designed in order to um, go ahead and enslave people illegally after we had gotten our freedom, June 18th, Juneteenth. All right, so with that said, the state of Florida, Great state, I think. State of Texas, great state. I'm not even going to think about that. But this week, they approved a very controversial law and set a standard that teaching Black history in public schools um, was going to be illegal and that um, there was a benefit to people being slave, black people being enslaved because they were taught a trade. How do you feel about that from your home state? Well, home is where I reside, which is where I reside. So I, I appreciate you calling this my home. Yeah, my home is earth. I want to get that clear. And earth for me is my home is people caring about people. Now, Florida voting that in isn't okay for me. Now, and saying that slavery was, ask you why. slavery was a benefit, not okay for me. 
because especially when it comes to that saying that slavery was a benefit see i, I am mostly egyptian by bloodline in egypt there were already people building pyramids per per uh, mummifying bodies and keeping them preserved for centuries thousands of years they didn't teach a damn thing it was already known they made a country on the backs of those people that already knew a lot so that's not okay that that's 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 somebody trying to spread their poison into the ears of the young. And that's not okay. It isn't, it just isn't okay for me. That's when I look at it and I say, okay, going into this campaign, why do I wanna do it? My number one thing is to make sure people know what it looks like to bring peace forward in this country. And that's not it. Spreading, talking about history and heck we haven't even come close to telling full history really getting back far into documents into uh stories of people that were about to lose them right like the people that were in at least close enough children that were the grandparents that were part of slavery like they were right on the cusp of all those things and so they got the stories. Those stories are about to leave. If we let somebody start making up their own rhetoric, we will no longer know ourselves, which will take us away from being aligned to the truth. And if we're not aligned to the truth, we actually never get to go forward because the universe answers in truth. The universe is truthful all the time. You want to call it God, you call it whatever you want. The thing that created everything is always aligned to truth. But, but so, let me ask you this. I mean, that was very pretty if I'm singing in a band. You know, the harmony and all that sounded very, very good. But I, I'm talking about they just made this a law. You're going to be the president of the United States. That's what you're, you, you're sitting on this platform for right now. This is one of those things that can't happen. But, you know, we talk about how much power the president has. What are you going to do? in order to educate our our officials our lawmakers into putting this bs into our school system and i'll say exactly what it is you can't say it but i can say it this is racism at um at um the next level coming out of the closet um this is racism because history is history i'm a firm believer is that you know you you want to you want to make history Tell the truth about the history of the past, be it positive or negative. Let let the individual that's learning decide on whether to move forward with what they've been taught and caught or to go ahead and move forward with a different mindset. So what are you going to do about this if you're elected president? This is this is law right now in Florida. Yeah. And and the there's only so much the president can do with state law. So what does the president do with state law for me is to create education that goes across the board. But education meaning beginning to get people to speak to and come into and create curriculum 
that moves us forward. We keep falling back on this fake history. We, we do that. We're, we're putting fake history and arguing over it all the time. What are we going to do right now that's going to move us forward? What we can do right now, which when it comes to education for me, it's bringing forward the peace curriculum that I've been putting people through for years. The peace curriculum is a 12-month program that helps people learn how to live in the truth, not playing all this stuff. Education back when, when I was in school, and I'm pretty sure when you were in school, education taught me how to think differently. It, it didn't say, Sid, you got to do it like this. Now, there were things that were wrong with the way things happened, yet it taught me to look at something, dissect it, and move it forward the way it's better for everyone. We got to start doing that. We're not doing that. And if we keep letting these people that want to play in the problems of the past, we will keep letting the past problems come forward, voted in like they did in Florida. So we have to educate people differently. Yeah. Once you, you know, this is a scary thing about politicians is that when you ask them a direct question, you know, it's just like me asking for the time. If I ask you what time time it is, you build me a watch. You show me how a watch is made instead of telling me the time. And this is my issue with politicians. I just asked you a direct question and it, you turned around and told me there's not a lot the president can do on state law. But we have a program that says by the pre by one of our presidents the no child left behind policy, our education system. Th this is real simple. Unified in the United States of America, if you wanted to improve education, is design education with a purpose, a strategy. Strip it down, tear it down, and get rid of it. Make it universal for every single state to follow. That the curriculum should graduate people, not to be uh, workers at McDonald's, um, Target, or whatever. And those are great places to work if you decide that's your career. Um, 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 whatever your, your career alignment uh, is at that, that point. But every kid, every child should walk out with the same education that other children walk, you know, graduate from with an education that can benefit industry. Walk out learning how to do a spreadsheet, how to ba balance a spreadsheet, how to put together a business plan, how to apply for a grant and whatever. That's education in the 21st century. You know, the cop out of saying basically, you know, every state has this right. That's the reason why DeSantis is doing what he's doing right now. And if you go over to your next state, Texas, you've got an individual that basically put boulders that are flotation device into the water, which is affecting some people's businesses there in order to, uh, to control immigration. But at the same time, it's causing human people lives. You know, we had a president that basically said everyone on that side of the border were criminals and, and so forth. Most convicts don't travel with their families, don't travel with little kids. You know, our country was built on people migrating from one place to another with their family and everything that they had on their, their, their backs, going from one place to another in order to provide an opportunity for a better life for their family, not to commit crimes. So, you know, when I look at politics, I look at racism or bias at its highest degree, Democrats, Republicans, and so forth. The nice thing about independent is that you have a voice, a fresh voice that no one's listening to, or people are too afraid to be heard listening to the conversation that needs to be had. So when we talk about this issue is that I'm hoping when you get into this position that you have a much better answer than 
oh, a president can only do so much. Well, I mean, that's the truth, though. The president doesn't, as much as you are sitting here saying that the president should walk in and just change and make everything blanket, that's not how this country works. So how how do you suggest that the president that that is governed by the laws that we have put in the system, how do you suggest that the president just goes in and says, hey, we're going across the board and it has to, so then it, then it has to look like uh, the Supreme Court votes it, the House needs to be on board. And that, I do agree, that's why we need an independent in, the, in that seat is because you've got to be able to talk it out. We've well, got to be able to, to negotiate things and, and do what's best for everyone. And it can't look like, okay, DeSantis, as you brought his name into and he put the law through, he and his his group can can govern the whole freaking state. Right. Yeah. And 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 believe it or not, you 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 have made a valid point, but I'm also going to make a val valid point. I'm going to answer the question because before anybody else could say, how can you do this when whenever and every state has the right to govern itself? But I also watched a, a person come into office. He only spent four years uh, in the office, and he basically. Uh, I think he said that um, the difference between uh, Democrats and Republicans, Democrats want to make everyone happy. They want to be roses and peace and be the voice of the people and all this other stuff. And it's, you know, cum la la or whatever the case may be. The Republicans want to win. And it doesn't matter who they step on or who they hurt and whatever. So when there are open seats for the uh, Supreme uh, Courts, this individual how many asked how many times how many seats can uh, I fill and they told him the president before them asked the same question and his own party pushed against him when he was trying to fill those seats but this one says I really don't give a damn I'm only going to be president once I'm going to go ahead and do it so he exercised his power of his position and he convinced the people that surrounded him that this was the best decision I don't agree with his politics I personally don't like him because he owes me money but when it comes to getting shit done, didn't like the way he did it, but he did it. And I'm looking when I'm looking to cast my vote, I'm not looking to vote for my party or that party, or whatever. I'm looking for a person that will basically put his foot in the sand and hold his ground and said, this is the right thing to do. And I'm going to vote for the man or woman or whatever gender that person may be that's going to get shit done. And hopefully, and that's the reason why I have you on here. Because I know your heart, but you need to roll up your sleeves, big boy, and 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 be be honest. Don't be a politician and tell people what you tell people behind behind the door. You're going to get shit done, because that's the reason why I have you I on. Know that's who I am, though. Yeah. So, and at the same time, I'm not going to get over my skis and roll downhill. All right. And that, so I can't sit here and say to the people, it would be a lie if I just said I'm going to go in there and change this. This is the way it's going to be. And no, actually, I got to sit down and and be with everybody make sure that we're talking make that's what i do i make sure that everybody feels like they are heard they get to be heard and now when i make that final choice not everybody's going to be happy i know that yet when we're having a conversation we should be able to talk we shouldn't have somebody yelling in the background because i've stood on a way that says i'm doing it my way and this person's upset and that person's upset and they're yelling and we we haven't even started to govern and be for the people. That's where I'm coming from. I'm going to, I'm not gonna get ahead of my skis. I'm gonna sit here and say, 
All right, well, yes, that is definitely something we have to look at. So if that sounds like a politician, damn, that sucks because I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician in that sense of just saying stuff. Yet I know that I have to look at everything critically before putting myself out there and saying, we're going to go shut this down. Because some somebody could come back and say that if done right, on saying that we're going to drop teaching black history and we're gonna teach history. Like we're gonna teach history. Should it just be a month of black history? Not in my book. My history has been all my freaking life and before that, that's my history. So it didn't just go for a month. We didn't just stop and my parents played Martin Luther King's speech. I have a dream speech on the record all the time for us. We, we heard it so much that it inspired my brother to be the the number one lawyer coming out of Catholic University because he heard that speech, because he lived in the history that was real, not something that people were just making up in school. Because I, I actually didn't start learning history until a, a few years ago because the, what they were teaching in school wasn't getting it done for me. I learned more in sports history in college than I did in history in all the years before that. Because when I got to sports history, I actually heard not only about Nazi Germany and what they did to the Jewish people there. But I also heard about my people and the 14 athletes going over to, to the Olympics and standing on the podium. I heard about those things and I learned history then. It's time for us to teach true history and not just the stuff that people want, want to say because it fits their damn agenda. See, you've awakened me, which is fine. And then I come back to peace. That's just me. That's how it works. That's the coach. It's, it's, this, it's this dance that happens inside of me of like the guy that sat on the mountain and now you got the coach. And when you talked about winning, you talked you talk my spirit, right? You hit that mark that's like, oh, bro, you know I'm going to win. I'm not doing this unless it's for me to win. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm going to do this to have a good conversation with Kevin. I'm going because... I need people to know that I'm that person that will put my foot down when it's time to put my foot down. But I'm not just going to start a fight for the sake of starting a fight. I was taught you don't throw the first punch, but you damn you know damn well you finish it. You throw the last one. So that's that's where I come from. So I'm going to walk into it with a little bit of ease. And then if I got to come, I will come with it. All right. All right. And and for those of just tuning in, um, I changed the intro of my show uh, a little bit because this is the second time we've done this. I found. I finally lit a fire in the SIDS, but so I'm happy to hear that. I just want to let you know, we're sitting with best-selling author, uh, Search for the Public uh, Perfect Wave, Sid McNary. He has performed and uh, and spoken to over 75,000 people and, and growing. He is president's can, presidential candidate to be. And um, we're talking about a couple of issues that should be concerned to both you and me. And... Um, and and what I'm taking away from what you just said, as far as learning about negotiation, a good negotiation is basically when all parties sitting at the table walk away with at least a little bit of a win. That's a good negotiation, and that's politics. The other thing that I, I want to uh, bring up is that my grandfather once told me when it talked about government, he said government and the truth is treason. And so I, I don't know exactly how how he meant that, but I know the way I interpret it is that um, um, there's a lot about government that we don't know and that we learn while we're on, on the job. And there's things that I, I personally believe that go on in government that everyone shouldn't know. 
But what happens every day on the streets and what happens in every day in, in our life is something that um, we should talk about. And if it's associated and attached to government, it should be a conversation to be had. So one of the other hot topics are right now are issues with women. We talk about sexism and gender bias. Um, we talk about we can talk about the power of the female vote. In the last election, more women voted than men, men um, for whatever reason. Um, and we can um, debate over re reproductive rights. So with the three things that I just brought up, um, Mr. President, I'm going to address you and what I hope to address you soon is that um, let's talk about re the debate over reproductive rights in your house. I'm going to make this personal. Okay. So in my house, my this, we're just, you're saying my wife is now. I, I'm When I talk about your house, I'm talking about your life, the people that you're associated with and whatever. We, we already know our current government's position and the debate over reproductive rights. But you as a father, as a husband, as a friend and whatever, um, I don't know how you personally sit with that. I know what politicians say. They'll say anything to get uh, get elected. And um, you talk about being the voice of the people. You want to represent the people. There are a lot of people hurting over this conversation, especially women. I know the way that I was personally brought up uh, in church and way that I feel. I have daughters. I have granddaughters. I have nieces. And I have cousins that are all female. I have um, family members that gender, as uh, far as our government, is in question. But my love doesn't um, divide based on what other people think. So when I talk about reproductive rights, my feeling, and I'll, and I'll put myself out there before you do, is that I am not a woman. No matter what I believe and no matter what position I, I have or whatever, I have to respect the woman to govern her own body. And at the end of the day, if she can live with the decision that she made, I respect that and I promote that and I support that. Now I'm asking you as a man, before you become president, what's your position? So when you at, when you started down this road, first thing I saw, I saw a caveman dragging a woman by her hair. We ain't cavemen anymore. At least I'm not. I, you know, there's probably some cavemen still out there, but I'm not one of them. So I'm not dragging my wife by her hair at all, telling her what to do. Well, I, I've seen Liz. She can take you. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that being said, whether it's my wife, my daughter, my nieces, my sister, my mother, all the women, I love them all. All of them. And the ones I don't know, I love them too. And they, they deserve every free choice that I get and more because they get to choose on their body that's it and to me it's really a simple thing nobody gets to choose what sid does with his body i don't care how, how it works like no one's gonna come in here we don't have to go like come in here and try to tell me what i need to do with my body we have a problem if i don't believe in it we just do one of us ain't gonna make it through that that's and i feel that and i stand for that for anyone that couldn't voice that themselves no man gets to force themselves on anyone no man gets to determine if how a woman's body is going to handle the next generation coming forward none of that nothing and so as far as i'm concerned everyone should have the right to choose 
for themselves, especially when they aren't harming another person. And when it comes to that space of, well, if a woman gets an abortion, that's, that is a is murder. I've heard somebody say that. That's not how I feel. That's not how I feel. And, and I wouldn't even begin to get into a debate about it. It's, it's simple for me. A woman has the right to choose. And sitting there thinking that we could go grab women and drag them around by the hair or, or talk about it in men and lock, talk about it in a locker room in front of me, we got to fight. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I know I'm not supposed to talk like that because children are watching and listening. At some point, they could hear their parent watching. But I'm here to tell you, I've taught my, my sons, stand up. Stand up. You see something going down that isn't okay, stand up for that person. I don't care if it's a man or woman, stand up for that person because they don't deserve to be told or, or treated like, like there's some, something less. That's not it on all levels for me. And you want to wake me up, that, that's another one. Like there's some things that are hot topics for me. That is one. You don't get to choose for another person because come try to tell my wife something to do. You get me. You get me automatically. It, it, she can handle what she can handle, but I know I can handle a lot. And so I'm going. I'm coming at, after it. So I will stand like that for the women that won't even stand for themselves right now because they've been convinced something else. But that's not it for me. Everyone has the right to choose. It's a God-given right. and No one has the right to take that from someone else. All right. Um, I, I think that was well said. I, I hope it was well received by the people that's listening to us. Sexism and gender bias. Um, during the pandemic, Fortune 500 comp companies put out um, when they were talking about equality and um, in the workplace and whatever, and out of 500 of the top countries, companies in this uh, in our, our America, um, there were only only eight representatives that were females. A couple were white, one was Asian, one was Hispanic, and zero were black. And if you go through and look at the binary population or uh, LGBTQT, what I don't know all the acronyms, or whatever, there was zero representation after the pandemic because um, it became a hot topic amongst corporations. Um, I even worked for a company that was thought they were in the good standings, but when the numbers came out, weren't uh, represented the way they thought they were, and. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, any company that basically came out of the pandemic and thought you represented women well, you're lying to yourself. All right. So look in the mirror. You're lying to yourself because we have not done a good job. There has been an upswing, but the numbers are not big enough. How do we how do we put into law and situations that women are rewarded for their efforts at the same level or greater than a man? So for me, this idea of making laws to govern the people, are there some that need to be made? Sure. And the most important thing to me is to give people the awareness that they actually have the power. If a company needs to express themselves in a more diverse way. And I'm talking across the board, a more diverse way, not just for women, because I, I don't I don't I don't play in the women's power movement because women in power, all of a sudden if we flip it, 
we then are talking about this about men at some point. That's not it. It's called let's get to balance. Like the scales of justice are balanced. So we got to get to balance. So when I look at it, I'm like, okay, so what do we do? How do we get there? This is how my mind goes. I'm not going to get, once again, ahead of the skis and say, oh, let's go make this law because that's not it. But yet I do know that if a company is moving in a way that isn't supporting people, then we, the people, can stop supporting the company. As soon as we do that, the companies have to shift. See, there's no law needed in that. You start hitting where the pocketbook is, people change. That so it, to me, that that's the most important thing. So then, how do I do that? I start helping people make businesses that they then create the seats at the table. So that would be how I, as I dissect this in this moment, that's how it seems to me is help someone elevate that now creates a company that becomes more diverse. We get people to support that company. And then the other company has to shift to match the company that's about to pass them up. So making a law to try to force this company that's already assimilated over here is actually just going to cause that company to find another way around the same thing. They, they did it. They did it with affirmative action. Affirmative action initially was there to help people of color, if I'm not mistaken. It was there to help people of color. Who's the number one person that benefited? White women. You can go look at it. You can go look through Title IX and all those things. White women were the number ones to benefit. So how did it, so now if you look at it, how did that circumvent to get things back to where they were? If white women are the ones to benefit, the money came back into the White House where it was in the first place. So that's what I'm saying. You can't just make laws. You got to actually empower people. People have to actually start doing stuff because they now know that if you operate in a different way, get out and vote, people. Get out and vote and be smart about your vote. Start casting votes that say, hey, I'm not going to support you if you walk that way. We had a, a, in Florida for the mayor, only 26% of the people that could vote voted. Now, if there's some upset Republicans about, about the fact that they finally got a Democratic mayor here, well, y'all should have voted more people, but they didn't. So don't get upset about that. Be empowered, know how to think. See, this is a government that was created for the people, by the people. So we have to start taking responsibility and do that. If we want more seats at the table, support the people that are that are giving people seats at the table. You know, Nike's smart like that. You you start screwing with Nike's pocketbook, look how quick they'll change up the ads. Because they're smart. They start moving in a way that says, oh, wait a minute. We need to elevate the women's sports. Oh, we need to help out the, the guys taking a knee. We need to do it. They start seeing when they, they're watching the bottom line. Everybody's watching the bottom line. If you don't hit the bottom line, it doesn't matter what laws you make. They're going to figure out how to get keep the bottom line the same anyway. So you got to actually do something that starts elevating and make it different. Support people that are doing stuff that, that governs that. I love how the NFL is starting to bring in. At first, I was like, because I was one of those people. I was like, wait a minute. You're going to have women in the locker room? Come on. This is a guy's area. 
And now all of a sudden, the women in the locker room are making the game safer. They care about people. They're doing some things that are elevating the game. And now they got people in higher, higher jobs in the NFL. It, I love sports that way. They figure out what's going to work. And the more that we spread and get into these things universally, especially around sports, we will see the regular stuff change as well. So well, that's it. You got to help people. Sid, you, you, you said it best and you didn't answer uh, the question like a politician. And I respect you for that, for the simple fact um, we've talked about this. And I've always said, stop trying to get us to have a seat at the table, build your own table and invite them to your table. And the first thing to do is economics. We talk about, you know, politicians being owned by that one percent of people that control all the power is how do you make that power shift into your favor? You start creating an economy that represents you and the lifestyle you live, and you stop supporting a business or a corporate entity that doesn't support your economy or your economics in your communities and your neighborhoods. I'm a big candidate on on my platform as to um, stop promoting or supporting companies that don't support your community. And I'm glad that you said what you said. Now, the last question I uh, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to stick with uh, women's issues. Um, but before I go on, how do people get in touch with you and how do they support your campaign? People can get in touch. Sid McNary on all social media platforms, S-I-D-M-C-N-A-I-R-Y, or go to SidMcNary.com, ArtOfPeacefulLiving.com to see what we're doing in the world and bringing peace forward in people's lives. All right. So my my... My last question, and it's not my final question because there's so many issues. So this will not be the last time that we will be talking to candidate or presidential elect soon, uh, Sid McNary. But in the last election, our last president got voted in by women. They they outnumbered the uh, men voting. You know, there were states that were red that are now uh, multicolored right now, and hopefully we'll get rid of the bureaucracy that basically says a red state or a blue state and we just vote for the people and what's best for humanity but i need you to talk to our women voters the women voters that are on the fence that need a fresh face a fresh voice and a man uh, a man or woman of action and no matter what the gender may be of your vice president or whatever the case may be um talk to those voters that um elected our last president and talked to our young voters that are just turning 18 and 19 and 20, 21 year, years of age that have issues that they're not concerned with, but talk to the female voter. Why should they vote for Sid McNary? Well, why should anyone, especially women, vote for me? I care about people and I care about people well, being- let, let me back this up for, before you answer that question. Because when I teach people and I and I ask a direct question, especially when I talk about relationships, as soon as I a woman says what her her position is, and the man defends it and says anything else than acknowledging the conversation they're having real, you are disconnecting the conversation she's having with your own agenda. So when I say talk to the women in general, I want you to speak to that female voter that's listening to you right now because she spent about thirty seven minutes or 40 minutes listening to this conversation, wanting to see how do I fit in? And normally my podcast should only be 25 to 35 minutes and we've run long, longer, but I wanna close 
and, and have something memorable for a female voter to take away, especially our new female voters. Why should they vote for you? And I need you to speak to them. Well, I need everyone to know, and especially the women. I need you to know that I stand for people. Don't try to divide me into I'm a stand for women or I'm a stand for men. That's not Sid. I stand for people. I stand as an independent because I refuse to go on one side of the aisle or the other and say I've already dismissed half the people. I won't dismiss men. So if that's if that's what some woman needs me to say, I won't do it. I stand for everyone. I don't care what your your sexual preference. I don't care what your gender is. I care about you because you are a person. You, the woman I'm talking to right now, you need to know that you are loved, you are cared for. And if you need to know how I love women, go, go talk to my wife, go talk to my mom, go talk to my sister, go talk to my daughter, go talk to the people that have been in my life because this person that I sit as right now at 4.40 on Monday, this person in 2023, in what month is this, July 31st, this Sid stands for everybody, and I want to stand for you because if you feel like you've been in in a space of injustice in any way, send me a message. I'll get on the phone with you. I'll talk to you. We'll we'll figure out a way forward for you. I want to stand in a way that says we are lifting everyone up, including you, whoever this is that I'm talking to. And I need you to know that I'm gonna stand for everybody, and I will never, never dismiss men or dismiss women or anyone that has a sexual preference that is somewhere outside of that. However you feel, if you want to call yourself a they, I'm with you because you are a person. I stand for all human beings. Go look at my Wikipedia page, whatever those things are called, and it will say, I am human. I told them, do not put me up as anything other than human because I'm standing for everyone. That's just who I am. So don't ask me to just stand for one. I'm standing for all. Well, Sid, um, um, presidential candidate elect, my friend, um, I'm glad we lit a fire under your butt. Uh, <laughs> I like your, your passion. I also like and respect your calm nature and wanting to bring people together. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have only touched the very surface of many of the issues that we're going through in this state in this country, in this world. We don't have answers to all of them, but we just need to answer some of the, uh, of the questions or the issues. We need to stand by what made this country great. It's the people. We need to stop electing career politicians, uh, address terms, allow other people to serve, younger people with uh, more, more attachment to the reality of the life we're living, I mean, technology is, is moving much faster than uh, humanity, so that needs to be addressed. We have um, issues in this country with elderly that are struggling financially. We have issues with homeless uh, in this country that we need to address. We still need to figure out a, co a conversation to overcome Roe v. Wade. We need to eliminate uh, terms as far as people on Supreme Court um, justices and so forth, so we don't we don't destroy you know, two or three generations are down the, the line. And we need to pay close attention and give an individual that has a heart and has his finger. He doesn't have all the answers to every problem of the world. And don't expect any politician to have all the answers because it, it is a rope-a-dope when you get into that, that hot seat as pre president. But look at the fact that Sid McNary has gotten to the ring. 
and he's fighting for the people. And when I say he's fighting for the people, he's fighting for you. So with that said, we've covered a lot of information. If you like what you've heard, I ask you to share this video with your friends. If you have someone that's connected to one party or another, and I'm a registered Democrat, but I'm also a human being, ask that person to vote for the right person in that, in, in that, for that office, regardless of your political affiliations. Let's not go through another four years, eight years of dividing the people. Because when we're divided here in this country, we are vulnerable for hostile takeover from other countries. We need to be strong like we've always been. We are the power on this planet and we need to become better human beings. So thank you for joining in this evening. Go to RMK Productions and uh, Network on our YouTube page and get this video and share it. If you have any questions or comments, which I know you have, you will. And I've had plenty of those questions and comments. And for those of you that think this has gone way too long, this is a short version of the conversation we should have about this conversation. So if you're among the educated, then pay attention because education is not designed to make you comfortable. It's designed to make you think. And hopefully, my friend, presidential candidate Sid McNary has made you think, if nothing else. So with that said, we'll fade to black. Thank you, Mr. President.